If you are stuck in the grind and don't know how to get moving, if you have lost your dream or struggle to know how to make it happen, if you have been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life with tools, knowledge, and support that will allow you to create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. My guest today, Amanda Harness, is the founder and CEO of Kinetic Spark. She is a business optimizer focused on developing strategic operations for service-based businesses. The firm's purpose is to help businesses capitalize on their strengths, root out obstacles, and solve people and process problems. The goal is to increase customer satisfaction, create a fulfilling work environment, and regain lost revenue. She helps to create a scalable framework so owners can ignite business growth with confidence. Amanda lives in Denver, Colorado with her fiance and puppy. She likes to be active outside, read to learn, read for pleasure, watch scary movies, and dance. Two of her favorite things are punny jokes and shrimp pad thai. Well, I'm just so excited, Amanda. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm just looking forward to such a great conversation. Yes, same with me. I mean, our first conversation was so fun. So I can't wait to dive in and just have more fun with you today. I appreciate that. So you're a fairly young entrepreneur. Would you mind sharing what uh, pushed you over the edge to uh, jump into entrepreneurship? Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for saying that I'm young. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I had a birthday not too long ago, so uh, it's very nice to hear. <laughs> um, but really, I, uh, gosh, I, I like to joke that me jumping into an entrepreneurial um, position was due to a couple of tears and a bottle of wine with my friend Karen. Um, and then we threw the pandemic into the mix and it just sounded like the the best mixture, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to start a business now. <laughs> so, um, I worked in corporate and, uh, for 10 years have a background in healthcare and operations and being in the field and being in corporate, I just had opportunities to see where there might be some gaps and needs, um, not only for those larger businesses, but for smaller ones as well that aren't, aren't, uh, as financially healthy as a large corporation and decided that I wanted to take my ops experience, start my own business and provide that kind of work for these smaller businesses that still need that work, um, but maybe aren't going to be able to get it like with the attention that big corporations get. Nice. And so tell me a little bit about your niche. What's Where's your focus? Sure. So I mentioned I have a background in healthcare, um, and I was an occupational therapist for 10 years. I also did operations for eight years and decided that when I first started my business, Kinetic Spark, that I was going to specifically serve health and wellness businesses, um, not only because of a passion, but because of my experience and I have worked with a number of healthcare organizations, but I've also expanded 
uh, my target market to just be service-based businesses. Um, I just like to work with a business whose purpose is to help someone else in some way. Whatever service you're providing, it's because someone needs your help with something. Um, and so I work specifically with service-based businesses versus a product or manufacturing business where the transaction is more um, a tangible object. I provide um, a less less tangible, you know, less tangible service, um, you know, but is, is just still the purpose is to, is, gosh, I can't say it enough, just to help people. <laughs> I want to work with businesses that want to help people. And that's my point is I want to help those people too. Absolutely. And so what's, what is it that you provide? How do you help these entrepreneurs? Oh gosh. Uh, let's see. Really, the my goal is to remind owners that they they actually like their business. <laughs> Sometimes, as owners, we just get so into the minutia and we're so close to it that uh, it can get really overwhelming to own a business. I mean, um, especially when you're a solopreneur, you you wear all of the hats, right? Uh, I mentioned the corporate world. There's that C-suite, right? There's a CEO and an OO and a MO, a CFO, and there's all these people helping in all these individual seats to run this business. And just because a business might be small doesn't mean they don't need all of those seats. And so essentially what I do is work with business owners um, and their teams to help fulfill the COO seat for them. Um, Oftentimes it's owners that are overwhelmed by having to wear all the hats. Uh, maybe they're having some people problems, like their team just isn't as productive as they really need them to be. Uh, maybe they're struggling to help lead them to be able to help grow the business and provide an excellent service. Oftentimes I'm finding that some of their overwhelm just comes from having some issues with their systems and processes and things just feeling uneasy every day. Like they don't know what they're doing every day. They're in the dark. Um, they sort of threw everything together when they first started their business and they've never really gone back to sort of fix it all. So my job is to come in and be a business optimizer. I take a look at their uh, strengths and try to enhance those and address some of the obstacles they may be facing and figure out how we can transform that into an opportunity instead uh, and really just help the business create a framework that allows it to sustain and then grow uh, more confidently and successfully afterwards. Nice. That's so fantastic. So tell me about the value of connection in building your business. Yes, that's a great question because working in service-based business and wanting to serve clients whose business helps other people really aligns with connection. Um, their purpose is to connect with people and help. And that's what I enjoy from working with my clients as well is I understand how difficult it must be to let someone from the outside, like myself, come in and ask a lot of questions that might feel challenging or maybe make someone feel vulnerable, bring things that are uncomfortable to light. Uh, someone needs to feel like they're in a space where they can be candid without being judged. And I think that that requires a really good connection. Um, and so from my experience in healthcare and having worked in operations, I think I really understand mindset of people that are in that space, uh, in that space of, I know I need help. I'm not exactly sure what it is, which makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm trying to trust you to tell me what you think it is. 
And then I'm hoping that if we action upon it, things will be better. Like there's a lot of, of language in there that's about chance, you know? And I think if we can, instead of look at things from a perspective of hope, but look at it from more of a um, uh, optimist, you know, I'm being optimistic that these things are gonna be great. Uh, rather than I hope, right? That feels really uncomfortable. But I try to help people by connecting to the feelings they may be having that are really uneasy at the beginning of the process and try to clarify what it looks like to get to the other side so that it doesn't feel as uneasy as we go along. Yeah, in coaching, we tell people all the time that hope is not a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until you until you write it down, it, it, it's just... You know, it's just a wish. So you have, yeah. to, you, you have to do something intentional to, to make a change. Yeah. Hope is, yeah, it's, um, right. It's like a dream not come true. So <laughs> how do you make your dreams come true? By doing stuff, That's by helping right. yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you mentioned, uh, you didn't use the word character, but but how important is character in, in that process for a business owner, for an entrepreneur, for yourself? Mm -hmm. uh, like character of, of the person? Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, because you, you, you uh, use the idea of, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And, and they're, mm. they're, they're you know, struggling. But there's got to be some authenticity and, and trust for you to be able to come in and, and take over operations or, or, or help dig out what's going on in their operations. Right. I see. Yeah. I think character uh, plays a huge role in the mindset. Um, so if someone is willing to be open to new ideas, if they're willing to be candid and vulnerable, as I mentioned, is really important. The more they tell me, the more I can help them. It's hard for me to really understand their needs if they're not telling me the nitty gritty. So if someone's character allows them to open up, talk about what's going on, help me help them, uh, be, like I said, open to new ideas, willing to try something, even if they're not quite sure yet. Because I have had a couple of clients where the process may have taken a little longer to get to the best outcome because they were really hesitant. And the conversations rather than, here's what I'm understanding. This is my recommendation. Let's try X. Okay, sounds good. We'll try it out. Which I understand can be hard for people to just be okay. But if people are willing <laughs> to try things out, we get along the process faster. And I've had conversations where it's, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Here's my recommendation. Oh, no, 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 thank you. And then a week later, hey, so I was thinking maybe your recommendation's okay. And then I'll bring it back up. And oh, well, I'm not sure. And like two or three weeks go by before we even try a part of my recommendation. And so that there is a, a character difference between someone that is willing to action upon trying new things a little quicker than someone who needs to kind of say no first and try it later. <laughs> and I mean, to each his own, that's just how some people are, but it does, it, it makes it um, more work for them in the end really, because they just have to keep going back and forth and uh, it's just, it's a little slower for them too. Absolutely. 
So let's uh, let's switch it up. So what do you love to do in your free time? Ooh, okay. Free time. I love talking to people named Robert. So my favorite <laughs> hobbies. Um, I do. I, I do. You know the the typical hiking, camping that everyone does. Um, I love to read. So I usually am in between two books. Where one's a business book and one's a guilty pleasure book. Um, when I, I get a chance to read every morning when I start my day, I kind of build in 15 minutes to start my day with a book. I'll read the business book. And then at night, I'll lay down in bed and read for five or 10 minutes to kind of get sleepy. And that's when I read my guilty pleasure book. Um, right now that it's the summer, one of my favorite things is in the evening when it's finally not 95 degrees, uh, I'll just sit on the porch and listen to the cicadas. I love that. Oh, it's one of my favorite parts of summer. I love that. Song. Nice. <laughs> So you mentioned a uh, morning routine. What uh, what do you consider? What other elements do you have for your morning routine? Okay, let's see. Wake up a couple days a week. I will uh, go to a gym. They do classes. Um, I find it easier to push myself if someone else is telling me what to do. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So if it's a, if it's one of those days, so I'll wake up, go to the gym. Uh, I have a smoothie for breakfast get ready and head into the office and then start with a cup of coffee and uh, reading a book for 15 minutes. Karen, uh, my office mate, uh, Karen Savory, she uh, was kind enough to bring in a Nespresso machine. So oh. I get spoiled with Nespresso coffee all the time. Uh, so creamy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? And then I think the first thing I start with at work is to kind of hop into my email and just see what needs to be responded to right away. Um, side note, I found recently through an exercise that a business coach friend took me through that I actually let my email dictate my day a lot because I'll have time blocks and it's I still get all that stuff done, but it seems that I shift things depending on what email might come in, even if it's not urgent. So I'm practicing something new where I actually close the email and only open it sometimes. I'll let you know how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great to be intentional. I found myself uh, doing the same thing, and sometimes even with Facebook, I'll I'll just oh. hit check the email for new emails. It, just because it's open, I'll 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 see a notification pop up, and I'll be like, no. So I've done the same. Close close the email and only yeah. look at it at specific specific times. Facebook, I I I use a program called Newsfeed Eradicator. So I can't even see the news feed when I open it on my computer because oh. it's, it's so distracting and you still can see your groups and still see notifications, but mm -hmm. just deal with those specific things. And I actually found 90% of the notifications in Facebook are still worth dribble. So, yeah. so try yeah, to avoid but you don't get stuck in that wormhole of right. the news feed. <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid that distraction. So being more intentional about email, that's, that's a super, super good thing. So what has been your biggest challenge in your first year? Ooh, oh gosh, let's see. Biggest challenge, I have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> you can share, you can share uh, too, I don't care. No, it's fine. I um, I mean, I only, it's only some people go to business school, right? And so if you didn't go to business school, then a lot of your first year is just learning how to be a business owner. Um, I know how to help other businesses from an operation standpoint and being their COO, but, um, and I'm, I'm a very kinetic spark has a good COO, 
but sometimes they're the CEO and the CFO and the CMO have a lot of learning to do. It's still me, <laughs> but <laughs> those hats take me a lot more work. So it's been a lot of learning in those ways is, um, you know, is learning how to, gosh, here it is. This is the biggest one is I working in the corporate world. I was never the boss. Um, I was never the decision maker. And so if I had a new idea or I had something I wanted to work on, I needed to ask for approval or permission. And now I, I am the approver and the permission giver. And it took me a while to uh, recognize that I was still asking permission. Um, even just the girls around me, like uh, I, you know, I'll, I have a few other lady entrepreneurs around uh, in the same kind of office space. And I used to go up and ask, Hey, should I do this? Hey, is this a good idea? And they were all very supportive. I never heard a, you know, a tick of, um, uh, frustration or impatience. It, I just suddenly realized that I was doing what I was used to doing in the corporate world and had to teach myself that I could decide without having to have permission and only ask those questions uh, for bigger things and not everything. So that was probably the biggest challenge at first was just to, just deciding on my own without um, feeling like I needed feedback because that was so ingrained in me. That's terrific. Like that awareness is, is so so big and so valuable and and the truth is they don't have all the information that you have even though they want to help and they want to give you mm -hmm. advice but you just present the you know the basic of the situation well i haven't heard from his client should i email him you know yeah even little things like that well they they had just been all the women around me have owned their business a little, little longer and i valued their opinion and so i wanted to trust their input as someone who had more knowledge than me um, but I also have to, I had to learn how to be comfortable knowing that some things I just needed to trial and error because you learn so much from doing trial and error. Um, yes, there's a benefit from just doing it right the first time, right? If they gave me really good advice and I just did it that way. Great. Right. Like that's there. Of course, that's, that's really beneficial, but there are other things that I should struggle through a little bit because then I learn more information um, which actually can sometimes be even more valuable in the long run, because then I feel more equipped to handle when other weird things come my way um, and I don't have an opportunity to check in with someone and I have to just make a decision. You know, it just it grows. It uh, strengthened that muscle for me, I guess. Oh, that's fantastic. So many people are so afraid to do it wrong or to make a mistake. And for you to recognize that it's it's just trial and error and it's a learning experience in the process of, of growth that 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 mindset alone is a huge benefit for you moving forward. So yeah. that, that that gives you the chance to grow as the CEO and the CFO. And yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was there is a quote and I know it's oh, I'm going to it's by someone really famous and I should know this, but I'm going to say the <laughs> quote anyway and have to say that we'll have to look it up. But um, there you go. the quote is uh, not. How, that I, how did I fail, but what did I learn? Uh, and I was reminded of that quote the other day and it, it just, it touches on this point and is a really great way to put it. Uh, and I will get back to you as to who said it. Someone <laughs> who's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, John Maxwell, you know, his book is, is uh, sometimes you win or sometimes you, yeah. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And uh -huh. so it's similar, very similar idea. And obviously most, probably most professional development coaches and gurus out there have, have 
taught in that area, right? Like not a failure unless you quit. It's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All those things, but we are so conditioned to see mistakes as failures to see, you know, an F or a D on our report card or on a paper as a, as a failure rather than being conditioned to see that as an opportunity to grow or an opportunity to change. You know, you want the email to be perfect. So you, you know, spend all this time making the perfect email and then it still doesn't reach the client in the way you expected it to. Mm-hmm. And it, ah, is that a failure? Is that a chance to say, okay, I got to change my email this way and change yeah. how I communicate. So. Yeah. Isn't that, okay. um, that's paralysis by analysis is something I've heard in that realm before, right? Um, that, that perfectionism can, can get in your way. Um, one really good friend of mine, um, her name is Megan Johnson. She's a business coach. And she taught me because one of my things is perfectionism, right? I, it's just a, it's a mindset I have um, and I'm aware of it and I work on it. And sometimes it benefits me and sometimes it's not. And uh, one thing she told me is that, that she's the same way. And one time someone's pointed out to her that she's not only a perfectionist, she's an imperfectionist. She sees all of the imperfections in something and struggles to try and fix them all so that it becomes perfect um, which is, it still puts you in the same boat, right? It can never be perfect if you don't just send, like sending something is better than nothing, right? You're going to end up in the same bad position. But that was an interesting way to look at it is it's not that you're just seeing, I have to get it right. It's I see all the things that are wrong um, and then I have to get it right. But it's, yeah, that was just another, it was a really interesting perspective change. Nice. Well, I appreciate you sharing about Megan and, and Karen. And so, so what have mentors meant It would be two of them for sure. (laughs) I I'm lucky enough that as Karen brought me into her kind of circle of other powerful women business owners. Um, And so I think my, if I just, just spoke to about them, it would be Karen Savory is the person who helped inspire me to even take this chance because I had this idea. I was like, "Ah, it'd be nice if I ran a business and it looked like this, but that's, you know, it's just, it'd be nice. And then it was like, I, I actually am inspired and think it can actually happen because she made hers happen. So she was a great example for me to look, look at. And then I was quickly introduced to Megan Johnson, uh, who I have used as a business coach more than once. She's an amazing woman. You want to just hang out with her, but she's also extremely knowledgeable. Um, and she makes all the struggles and challenges that come with developing yourself as a business owner, um, fun as well. And then I would say the other two ladies in the group are Stephanie Gunther and she's just our little shooting star. She's full of magical knowledge and inspiration. She's a true creative. Um, and I just love to hear her perspective on things. Uh, she makes everything just really intriguing. Um, and then Daphne Takiris is, also just, gosh, she's a powerhouse. She's really someone to model after from the sense of business success and what it means to push toward what you really want and just make it happen, manifest it, do all the work uh, and, and that you can get there. Um, so I could go on and on about other people in my family and other friends that have really helped me uh, as an entrepreneur, but just to kind of focus um I'm lucky enough to be able to spend every day with those people because we're in a, the same office space. Um, so I not only get to be inspired every day by all of them, but they're also really close friends. And so I get to work and just hang out with my friends all day. Uh, 
you ladies have created quite the, like you called it a powerhouse uh, yeah. group of women who are building their own individual businesses, but, but really experiencing the power of a mastermind yes. every day, because you can ask each other questions and, yeah. and you can, you know, throw stuff out there and, and get other opinions and, and, and you all are at different stages and each of you focuses on a different aspect of, of business, mm -hmm. right? You know, each, each is working in, in different areas that serve other businesses and and it really is a powerhouse and yeah and so that's so great that you get to be a part of that group of ladies and and you influence them as much as they're influencing you thank you i and, mean i feel i feel so lucky <laughs> I yeah, really do. well from from the outside from the outside looking in i'm like wait i want in such a great great group and and to see the see the journey that each of you has been on and i've just been honored to to be a friend and to uh to, to get to work alongside you know a couple of the girls in that process so it's pretty cool <clears throat> so now let's talk about what's your most memorable date Ooh. Ooh, most memorable. Is it bad if it's not with my fiance? No, I'm just I, kidding. That's up to you. <laughs> if, you were, if you were married already, I would say no. Well, who's, what's your most memorable date with your spouse? But <laughs> I'll, It is with him. I'll, it is okay. with him. Um, so we went on a hike. I think this was our, maybe our third, third date. We went on a hike to Mitchell Lake. And it was um, later in the year. There was some, some ice and snow. Uh, it might've been October, um, maybe November. And, and on our way back to the car, uh, a male moose, gosh, what's a male moose called? Um, bull. <laughs> um, bull, bull moose, uh, comes strolling right into our path. And I was looking down at my feet because it was icy. And all of a sudden I get the mom arm just coming across my chest and stopping me. And I look up and there's this big moose. And, um, he, the boost took one step forward to kind of say like, this is my territory and he wasn't going to back down because then we saw the, uh, cow and calf yes. as well. So he was with his family. And so it was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And he, uh, my fiance's name's TC. TC took a step in front of me as the bull took his stance and then he uh, said, why don't we go around? <laughs> and we tromped through the thick snow, right? It's thin where the trail is, but around that was super thick. And he um, took the steps first so that I could step in his and not be falling in the snow. And so we got out safely. But just the fact that um, it was only our second or third date and he like put himself in front of me, between me and this moose and was chivalrous enough to you know, take the steps to make it easier for me. Um, and honestly, that wasn't just uh, trying to make a good impression. That is his character. He is still that way. Um, he's a he's a true caregiver. He's wonderful. Of course, I'm totally unbiased. Nice. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, that stands out to me for sure. Well, I love stories that that share character. You know, of a of a young man or husband, and, and uh, you know, for me, it was. And we live, we've lived in other countries and places like I was always intentional about, you know, walking on the street side and, and making sure that my wife or children were away from the cars or away from, you know, danger and, and other things. And so that, it's always fantastic to me 
to hear stories of men still doing those things and, yeah. and it being appreciated. <laughs> so, yeah, thank, he's thanks still, for he's sharing. been together almost four years and uh, not every time, but he often will still open the car door for me. Um, nice. Even it's if harder just, nowadays when the car just does it, right? Like <laughs> I know, or, or I'll beat him to it. But even if he just opens it and then continues around to his, he sometimes he'll stand there and close it. Sometimes he'll still just open it and walk. I mean, but even, even just that gesture, it's just nice. it's just very. He's very thoughtful. That's fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so what inspires you? What what inspired you? Obviously, you had inspiration from Kara to start and mm. and just make that leap. But, but what inspires you every day? Ooh, uh, one of the core values for myself, which carries over to my business, is uh, continuous learning. Um, I am one of those people that has really random trivia. I know a tiny bit about a lot of things. And sometimes someone will say something and I have the most random thing. Did you know? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I just, I just like to absorb information. And I think owning a business gosh, I mean, there's no way for me not to just learn every day. And I don't mean to sound cliche. I mean, I, I know that does sound cliche, but I really mean it genuinely that I, that's why I read every morning and every night and why I have, yes, I've gotten tired um, mentally, physically being a business owner, but I, I haven't gotten, oh, what's a good word? I've been tired, um, but not worn out, if that makes sense, you know, Absolutely. because- it's yes, yes, I get exhausted and yes, I get overwhelmed, but by no means have I once thought um, I don't want this or I'm going to stop doing this because because it just I'm I'm inspired to continuously learn and I find it fun and uh, invigorating. So if I could pick one part of every of something that helps me kind of to keep going is, is just that I get to learn, even if even when it's hard or I learn I learn the hard way or I learn hard things. Um and then I do like outside of work, just learning small, small stuff um, and having those weird facts for people. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> so what, what helped you develop your confidence in, in serving others? Mm. Well, that's still in progress, to be honest. Um, and I think that's OK. Um, I know I can see that it's gotten better, um, but I think confidence is something that grows for me over time. I am someone who does, I, I grow confidence, especially from uh, affirmation from others around me. I think that's, uh, I've done the whole love language exploration thing and words of affirmation is a big one for me. And, and I just know that about myself. I don't, I think it, it can get in my way sometimes, um, but I also have learned to work with it, you know? So I think that confidence building is just sort of a long game for me because I do need some outside approval in addition to my internal approval uh, and affirmation. So definitely a work in progress. I've made huge changes. And I think it's partly if I just go back to that circle of mentors I have in the woman around me, um, we all have a really solid mindset of um, that givers, givers gain, you know, and uh, that we have an abundance mindset and that as long as we're all giving to each other, then that means we're all getting to. And so I think that the fact that we all share that same uh, frame of mind has really helped me grow in my confidence um, even in just the past year. Nice. 
So what's been the most effective in, in building your audience, building your list? Mm. Well, when we talked about connection earlier, another thing I can speak to is, um, you know, networking, meeting, meeting people that not, not just business, not just potential clients, but just other people involved in business. Uh, and so I have met a lot of people uh, where they're either working with similar clients, right? They work with the same types of people I work with, or they work in other types of businesses that I might be able to help bring in as another service for my clients. So for example, if I know someone who maybe handles payroll and I have a client who's hiring a bunch of new people, I can say, hey, I know this great person that I can bring in to help you with that specific thing. And I have had you know, connections and, and multiple conversations and learned a lot about this person and how they work. And then they've been able to do the same about me. And so if you can have these really genuine mutual conversations and really meet a lot of people then they can be a resource for you in not only just growing your business from a client perspective, but even just awareness. People are now aware that I even exist as a business. Um, when you're talking about trying to get referrals from people, that takes time, right? You've got to develop that relationship. But if you can just, the more people that know about you, the more people will know about you, you know, because nice. every person knows 20 people. So I think that that's been really successful not only just in my learning, right? I get to learn from all these people that I'm meeting. I get to teach them too, which I also love. Um, but it also helps more people learn about my business and, and what I might be here to help them with um, because I get to kind of tap into their contact sphere. Nice. So how, how did that work during the pandemic? I mean, like everything's shut down. Everybody's working from home. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I mean, people got so, yeah, people got so comfortable with zoom and virtual meeting that, uh, and, and quickly. And so I was still able to meet people. It just was a little slower, I think, because I was meeting so many people one-on-one -on -one versus in a group setting where you might be standing at a networking event and you're standing in a circle and five of you are just sort of having a reciprocal conversation that's just sort of develops organically Instead, you're just sort of talking to one person at a time because that whole group thing doesn't necessarily work as well on Zoom, right? Because you can't, you don't quite understand when you should speak. More than one person starts to speak at once and then there's the whole like, oh, no, you, no, you, no, you, you know. So it just, it's not as organic uh, to have a group in, in a networking, you know, event on Zoom as it is on person, in person. But so it does take longer to meet people, but it, I don't think it affected too much because people became comfortable with virtual pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so what, uh, what's, I guess, let's talk about your brand. <laughs> so, cause your brand kind of, you know, identifies your niche. I love how you started that, that you want to help business owners love their business again. Mm -hmm. um, but share, share how you decided, you know, made that choice for your brand. Yeah. Well, um, so the business name itself, Kinetic Spark, um, kind of touches on, you know, kinetic means movement. And I feel like spark is just sort of a sense of tenacity, you know. Uh, and so that's that's me. Like I, uh, I, I sign off a lot of things with onward, you know, like keep going onward. And then I like to bring in a little bit of uh, humor and um, a bit of an entertainer into my brand. You know, I, I think. 
another way to say it is that um, work doesn't have to suck, right? We can do serious work without being too serious. Nice. And I, I think I, I try to bring that in. Um, I like to guide people and and make sure we have fun. But I also like to be be a little a little daring, uh, encourage people to be curious. I, as a person who focuses on operations, it is so much providing structure and clarity and a roadmap forward and creating a lot of consistency and standardization. And in order to kind of balance that out, I think that encouraging some of that tenacity and playfulness is important. Um, you know, ops is not sexy, right? But how can we still make it interesting? <laughs> and I think that I'm just naturally like, I don't know, just a little silly and I've got a little spark. And so I just kind of bring that in as well. Nice. I like that. That's fantastic. And obviously I, I know that the clients that identify with you are, are just going to love that aspect of it, right? Because systems and processes can be overwhelming. They can be boring. And yet, you know, they're necessary. I, all of us have to have, you know, a system and process for, you know, most of the work that we do. And so putting those in and yet still having, you know, giving business owners permission to have fun in it. And then of course you bringing fun to it just makes, has to make it easier. Yeah. Well, and that's the idea is they might find it boring, but I can show them how I nerd out about it. And, <laughs> you know, and then that kind of makes it a little more exciting because I think it's fun. And, uh, you know, I, not only do I help my clients by providing the strategy behind uh, what we're doing, right? What I, my approach isn't cookie cutter or templated. It's very strategic. I really collaborate with the business to make sure that what I'm building is specific to their needs. So I provide the how of, of where, of how we're going to get where we want to go. Um, but I also do a lot of the implementation and execution myself as a member of their team during our project. And so um, if they are someone where ops and systems is not their strength or not something they find interesting, that's okay because I'll do a lot of it and I find it interesting. Um, I just need them to be available to communicate and collaborate. And as long as we have that going, um, I'll do some of the work, most of the work for them. Um, and they don't have to sit in a space that they don't really like. Nice. I need a COO. <laughs> put, <laughs> put it out on Go Getter or uh, whatever. <laughs> well, you just give me a call or send me an email. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> so, what? Let, how how has contribution been a part of your journey? Gosh, contribution. I think the. Going back to that whole idea of, of uh, giver's gain, right? The more that you give to others, the more they do the same, um, then everyone gets what they need. And I think if I can, I, I sit in a space of gratitude knowing how much people have supported me and, and given to me throughout this process. And so because I'm so aware of that, I want to make sure I contribute by giving that back. Um, so I always, you know, if I'm hearing a, a business owner just talk about a headache that they're having of some kind, uh, I'll either ask if they'd like my recommendations, if I feel like they're appropriate and could help, or I try to recommend someone else who I think might have something that would be appropriate or help. Um, I just like to 
that, I mean, that's really my, the purpose I serve is to help business owners, you know, sleep better at night and, and enjoy what they're doing every day. And so even if it's just in passing, uh, I, I think that's how I can try and contribute back is just to make sure that I'm supporting them as much as I've been supported. And, you know, the easiest way for to if I'm not in in person with with somebody at some networking event, someone can always just send me an email and we'll set up a time to have a phone call. Um, and that's just easy. Right. It's just 30 to 60 minutes of my time. You know, it's really casual. I just want to hear what's going on. And if I feel like I can help, I'll tell you. And if I feel like someone else might be the right person, I want to be able to give you that too, because I I just want you to feel better. (laughs) So I think it's just contributing back as much as I've received is kind of what that means to me in my business. You mentioned something really, really powerful in there. And that like when you're having a conversation, maybe it's a networking event, maybe it's even just a dinner and the business owner is struggling that you ask permission, mm. give your advice. And that that is so powerful in the coaching world. There's so many coaching counseling situations where people feel like, oh, I have a solution for you. I'm just gonna whoo, barf it all over you. And, yeah. and, and they haven't asked for permission. Person isn't necessarily gonna hear it as you know, that help for their business. And so that's, that's huge. That is, that is a, a level of wisdom that <laughs> that you're carrying that, that's so valuable, right? Would you like my, you know, would you like my viewpoint? Would you like my permission, you know, getting permission to, to share your value increases the value so much and, and it'll increase the possibility that they'll actually listen and apply it to their business rather yeah. than it just be a dinner you know, counseling situation where <laughs> I can solve all your problems if you just listen. Blah, 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 blah. Instead, it becomes, hey, I, I think I have some things that can help you. Would you mind if I shared that with you? That is so huge and, and so good for you that, that you recognize that need to, you know, open the conversation and say, you know, well, do you, would you like my help? <laughs> right. Well, I'm sometimes gonna- maybe they're just venting and that's okay. Because then maybe when they're in a space where they want to receive, they'll come back and ask later. Um, I don't. I don't feel ent- so entitled that I think that what I have to say is important to everybody. And you know, so uh, I have information and I want to give it to you. Do you want it? And I also try to right. I also try to ask permission more than once in a conversation too, because if the complaint or the topic changes. Um, are they still venting? Are they still seeking advice? I don't know. Let me just ask again. <laughs> so, oh, that's, or that's maybe they so only powerful. want my opinion on one thing and not everything. So there you go. That is, a lot. Yeah, that's so powerful. Um, that's that's great relationship advice too. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> asking permission to share your opinion and and share your advice is is really really powerful. All right. So so what is Amanda's big dream? Ooh, my big dream. Well, I. I'm still developing what the long-term vision of Kinetic Spark is. I haven't decided if that means that I continue to run it by myself or if I end up having a team. I'm pretty sure I'll end up having a team because one of the huge things that I speak to my clients about is what happens if you need a sick day or what happens if you need if you want to go on an actual vacation, not a workation. And you know, I think it's really important 
that a business is built with a structure and a framework that allows a sick day and a real vacation. Um, because it's just, we need that. I mean, I can go into the psychology and the emotional aspects of that. And, you know, I can go into that. Sure. But just to keep it more simple, it's so needed. I think that we can all agree. And I, if I preach that to my, um, my clients all the time, then it must mean that it's important to me too. And so I'd like, I think that's my big dream is to build my business in a way that allows me to, you know, step out for a minute if I need to. Um, on a personal note, I think my big dream is to, um, well, <laughs> I'd love to live near water. <laughs> I miss water. I've never lived that far. I've never lived more than 30 minutes from the ocean. And wow. I, I would love to live near like a big river. Um, moving water is a big deal. So a lake doesn't quite do it for me, but the sound and watching moving water. So I think honestly, just a big, big dream or vision of mine would be to be able to live near some water, <laughs> moving <Nice>. water. <laughs> Terrific. Now, now you got to write it down and share that with your fiance to make sure he, he understands this is where we're headed. He, he knows. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> Take up surfing, buddy, because this is uh, what's coming. <laughs> or or white water uh, paddle boarding. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So now I know you're still a young entrepreneur, but you have so much so much wisdom. If uh, if an entrepreneur had come to you and says, you know, hey, I'm I'm gonna start a business and and here I go, what are Amanda's words of wisdom? Here I go, I'm starting a business. Um, do your business the favor of creating a bowl of resources around you. Um, not in a self-serving way, right? I've, I've been talking about connection and giving back and things like that. You don't wanna be self-serving, but don't think that you have to do, do it alone. Um, whether that's just getting input and help from people or actually outsourcing things. Um, I outsource my books. I know I'm not good at it and it would be a disservice to my business if I did them to myself. So I'm just going to have someone else help me um, because it's better for my business. So that would be my thing is just sit in a space where you recognize maybe what you don't like doing or aren't very good at. And though a startup may not be able to outsource a lot of stuff right off the bat, just know in your mind what you would want to bring in, um, in what order, kind of prioritize how you can wear the right hats, not all the hats, and how can you start handing off some of those hats in the right way. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of time to, to know that, but just knowing that you should know that is helpful, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. So powerful. And, and hire before you're ready because they'll, they'll mm. – They'll exponentially help. Well, and I can help people know when, what to look for and how to know. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah. Thank, Amanda, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. You are absolutely a spark and a spark <laughs> in motion like a firecracker. So that's, uh, I appreciate you sharing with us today. And it's just been so fun. And I still yeah. can't wait to see where you're Kinetic Spark is just three years from now. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> oh, it'll be people, great. Yeah, the number of people you're going to be helping will be incredible. So thank you, thank you so much for joining us.
Yeah, I really appreciate you giving me the time and and asking me questions. That really lets me just kind of share about myself. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining me.